Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Beast Wars podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm David. So today, we are embarking on a dark voyage to watch Dark Voyage. Oh, it's so dark, you guys. It is super dark. Yeah. Yeah, this one. Not the full kind of dark. No. (laughs) It's dark because we can't see! We can't see! Oh, that's way... Sadly, not dark in the sense of, say, the Generation 2 comic. Or dark in the sense of art direction, even. No. Uh, this first aired January 27th, 1997. It was written by Samuel Warren Joseph. So we open with a energon mining. Because, you know, there's lots of energon on this planet. I guess they've got to mine it to apparently power their quantum scanners. Yeah. Whatever I do, those are. Like, this, this is one that definitely plays up. I like energon being both a desirable and a highly dangerous resource. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. pretty neat. Yeah. And apparently we find out that Rattrap used to be a miner. Yes, the best miner on Vespa. You know. I guess that's Planet of the Scooters. <laughs> yep. <gasps> that's where Windblade's going to go next. Oh, and it's just all Scooter from GoBots? Well, I was oh. thinking that one Minicon that was a yeah. Scooter, and... Yeah, like a couple of repaints of that, Scooter from GoBots, <laughs> and... Uh, yep. um, I'm sure there's been a Japanese one that was, like, the protector of a prefecture that transformed into a Scooter. Maybe, maybe a Transformers version of the Muppet Scooter. <laughs> yes, he's the best. Uh, maybe disgraced Dick Cheney aid Scooter Libby. <laughs> now we're reaching. He's, he's like the Megatron of that planet. Yeah. yeah. Although his evil is mostly resigned to revealing classified information and attempts to get people blown from their undercover operations, which actually might explain why Rat Trap isn't a miner anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hooray for political jokes from 2004. (laughs) Well, we're talking about a show from 1997, so you're lucky we're not making Monica Lewinsky jokes. Oh, please no. Yeah, let's not make those. (laughs) We can still make Hillary Clinton jokes, though. That's true. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Yeah, yeah, they're all four non-primal original Maximals are there. I guess, Rat, although Rhinox is apparently only there in a supervisory capability. Because he doesn't have opposable thumbs. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good point. Once again, we point out, he does not have opposable thumbs. Maybe he should have had the gorilla alt mode. Maybe. I think so. Yeah. I love well, Dinobots' grumbling well, here. But but he is, wait, if Rhinox was a monkey, that then you'd have to call Optimus Optimus Rhino. Well, he, a rhino can still be primal. yeah. It's, it's but, uh, have... you know, Rhinox would just have to call himself Gorillox or Apox. <laughs> Apox. Yeah. Ooh, Apox, that's actually kind of good name. You know. Better than Rhinox. As is entirely appropriate. They could have given him the name Baboom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the uh, Cheetor is, you know, he's butter- He's not really doing a lot of work himself. He's just congratulating people on being able to find Energon, even though there's clearly Energon everywhere. He's well, wearing the backpack hopper. 
Yeah, yeah, he is wearing the backpack, which apparently teleports crystals into itself, so they don't have to animate it going into the the thing. Yeah, it just like yes. vacuums them in and minimizes them. It's converts them to energy, maybe. maybe. I can't them to a more stable form of energon. Yeah. yeah, the liquid form. Yes. I can't decide whether that's more or less dangerous is to have Cheetor not directly handling the Energon, but only dealing with it when it's already contained in this fairly safe device, or if just having him with all the Energon is a bad idea all around. Yeah, but he'll transport it back to the base the quickest, but... That's true. Yeah. It also means he's the target, so... Hmm. That means if you lose anyone, you just lost Cheetor. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> there's, a, there's a bonus. Anyway, so, yeah, Dinobot... Well, we see Rattrap scrambling around in the dirt to find Energon. Dinobot just stumbles over this huge deposit that's in the open air. He's holding the scanner, and he's just grumbling, Now I'm nothing more than an Energon miner. What a waste of my... Oh my god, I found some! I'm awesome! I'm the best! (laughs) He's so excited. I am Dinobot, and I am the best at everything. Way better than Rattrap! (laughs) But, as usual on this strange, primitive world, nothing goes according to plan. And uh, a, a bottle rocket lands in their Energon. <laughs> yeah, Scorponok has designed a new weapon. Yes. And that weapon is an arrow. <laughs> it actually kind of works, though. Yeah. Good that job, Scorponok. I mean, presumably, I figured it looked like it was designed... It looked like it was intentionally overloading the Energon, so... Right. yeah. I, I did assume that it was still working as intended. Although it's weird because Energon's so unstable, why didn't he just fire one of his regular missiles at it? Yeah, you could just shoot it with a laser and him explode. And that Reasons. wouldn't give Rhinox time to pull this thing out of the Energon and toss it away. Well, Scorpnox's not that smart. This is true. Mm. And also Wasp and also Waspinator's with him because uh, Waspinator is in this episode and he's super adorable throughout. <laughs> oh yeah. So good. So yeah, he tosses his way, and for some reason, all the Maximals decide to transform to robot mode before this imminent giant Energon explosion. Quick, even get out of the forms we took to protect us from Energon radiation before the Energon explodes. And stand around and in the Energon instead of running away and be Yeah, silly. don't run or anything, just stand around in your robot mode. Uh. It, it, well, Rhinox ran away, which seemed like a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, just it, it. It's the beginning of this episode where ev- almost everybody seems to be doing stupid Cheetor things. Only everyone, except <laughs> Rhinox, is Cheetor. Stupid yeah. Cheetor. Anyway, there's a giant explosion. As I, you have, they shot a or got footage of an explosion and composited it in. Yeah, it's a really big explosion this time. Yeah, I'm wondering it if this was, was like really actual pyrotechnics for like a TV show or something, or if they just did this with like household cleaning products in the mainframe parking lot. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. They, they they've been using it a lot. Like the one they used in the last episode when Air Razor shot the the little gun turret, you could see like a little spark, little fuse flying away at the end. It was yes. I, it feels like at least some of these are just ah, let's go in the backyard and blow up some stuff. This one looks like the Mythbusters sawdust cannon of explosions. Yes. <laughs> it's entirely possible that there was some sort of stock, like, special effect explosion package you could get. Yeah, they, they got that on pa- in a package deal with 101 jungle sounds. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, they they have that for sounds. Maybe they had that for visual effects too. And and they also threw in the Scooby Doo eyes from Call of the Jungle or Call yes. of the Wild. Yes. Also very important. Yes. Anyways. But the, despite this giant explosion, everybody survived. Although they are beat to hell. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's although not notably, not a lot of like physical damage. Just everybody is super scorched. Yeah, just slight yep. darkening of the edges. No ruptured panels or anything. And also, they've all got orf, little orphan Annie eyes because they can't see. Yeah. Which in their eyes are normally like screens that are projecting the image of. I mean. At least with with humans, I mean, it's said that the reason why dogs may have evolved to the point where you can see the whites of their eyes is for human interaction. So maybe it it is actually helpful for them to have like eyes that are projected for communication yeah, purposes. To look at it's just, but the. I mean, the, we're at the point now where most transformers in like new media have pupils of some sort. Yeah. Yeah, quite often. Unless you're like Soundwave, you, you're going to get eyes. I but, mean, I I think what it really was was that was an easy visual shorthand for they are blind. Yeah. I'm I'm overthinking it. The, yeah. Although it does it's, make Rat Trap's head in in robot mode really creepy looking. Yeah. Yes. Because like inside his head is a giant white orb, which is his eyes, and you can see inside the mouth under under his chin. Normally that's red, or when it blinks, it's weird. But now that it's all white, it it looks super creepy. Yeah, he's monstrous. And also, yeah, Dinobot uh, Dinobo gets super screamy about this. I and mean, this is like, does somebody tell uh, Scott McNeil that well, you know, we're gonna have uh, Star Scream in a couple episodes, and we kind of want somebody who can do a good Chris Lotta. Just saying, maybe watch some GI Joe. He's really freaking. I mean, to the point where it feels kind of out of character. For Dinobot to freak out on that scale, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you're you're the you're the big tough warrior, Dinobot. Surely you yeah. can, you know, this is something like this has maybe happened to you before. Yeah, and but... surely at some point you might have trained with a blindfold on. Apparently not. Yeah, or like some you know blind master, like 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 Snake Eyes. No, he's he's just super super unhappy. He's he can't freaking the heck out. He is, like, really messed up over this. Yeah. Anyway, so everybody's freaking out, and Rhinox, because everybody listens to Rhinox, is all, okay, well, listen, we're super poisoned. We're going to die unless we all work together to get back to the base. We have 60 cycles. That's, I'm going to say that's a couple of days. Or wait, or wait, is that? Or wait, are cycles minutes? Do they have like an hour to live? Yes. How far away are they? This this episode felt like it took more than an hour. Yeah. And it was only twenty two minutes. <laughs> Who knows? What I'm saying is this episode is boring. It's not great. Yeah. Depending on the continuity, cycle is either one point five minutes in animated, two hours in G one UK comics, one year in Energon. Or one hour and 15 minutes in IDW. Oh, no, we've got 60 years to get back to the base. (laughs) (laughs) We're all going to die in 60 years. Those are pretty significant differences there. (laughs) This is why everybody uses metric. Yeah. (laughs) Except America, we don't love to do. That's right. You and, like, I don't know, Qatar and Zimbabwe or something. I thought it was (laughs) Kuala Lumpur, but yeah, there's like... It's somebody ridiculous. Yeah. Americans. 
Anyway, so yeah, they so they form an animal train. They're they're walking nose to anus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dinobots just got his head stuck straight up where Anax's ass as he comments, "Oh, it smells like we're in a swamp." <laughs> yeah, Dinobot, oh. it's really hot out here. It's a swamp ass joke. Oh, I didn't even catch a swamp ass joke. Damn. I mean, I don't think it was intentional. I think oh. they were actually in a swamp. Yeah, yeah they, they were actually in a swamp, but still. I choose to believe that it is reference to Rhinox's swamp ass, which will become a plot point, believe it or not, in a couple episodes. Uh. Oh yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> Meanwhile, Megatron sends Scorponok and Waspinator back to look for the bodies, because this is a superheroics show. I love that that they just, they're like, let's just go back and report, we're not even going to look for the bodies, and then Megatron is like, you idiots! How many episodes have you been on this show? Yeah, it's like, I've had to tell you this like five other episodes. Always look for body parts. What is wrong with you? Well, well, Waspinator said, oh... (laughs) <laughs> just tries to blame it on Waspinator. Scorponok, you dick. <laughs> and the Waspinator grumbles in the background. Not my fault. Is it? So yeah, they, they make it to a swamp, and I'll, I'll note that they're so messed up that even their beast modes are scorched and sparking in places. Yeah, pretty bad. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, Rhinox can sort of tell there's something near them, and it is a huge-ass snake. Yep. <laughs> they have wandered onto the set of Anaconda. Yep. If and it just wants got, to hug Cheetor. Yeah, if the scene had gone any longer, it would have puked up John Voight. <laughs> Apropos of nothing, I love Anaconda. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. One of the greatest B-movies of the 90s. Oh, well, yeah. With, with a way better cast than it deserves. Better, I guess? It's got Owen Wilson, John Voight, uh, Danny Trejo... Okay, other than Danny Trejo, name something good they've done since. Jennifer Lopez has actually been in a bunch of good movies since then. Oh, I guess I just haven't seen her in anything. And And John, uh, what was the first Transformers movie? Oh. (laughs) 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 Ouch. Well, there's just that biopic that came out about Ice Cube. That's true. Oh, he's in there? Well, it's, it's about Ice Cube. Oh. oh, oh yeah, yeah, Ice Cube was an anaconda. I forgot about that. Yes. Yeah, another question. Frank Welker was the voice of the anaconda. <laughs> surprise, surprise, surprise. You got an animal in your movie? You're hiring Frank Welker whether you like it or not. Also, yeah. you're a B-movie in the 90s? You're hiring Carrie Werber. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, not her fault. Although, surprisingly, you're a B-movie in the 90s and you're hiring Carrie Werber, and there's no nudity in your movie. Yeah. There's definitely a missing reel of that movie somewhere. <laughs> it, it got lost in the swamp. Eaten yeah. by anacondas, I guess. Yeah. Much like Cheetor's about to be, going back to this episode. Yes. Well, yeah. If we have to. <laughs> Do we uh, have to? I, I, can we just keep talking about anaconda? Uh, I guess we should. I'd be fine with that. You know they made like two yeah. direct-to-video sequels with uh, to that movie that star like Kevin Sorbo? Oh, really? Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, that might be entertaining, though. I think oh, it's either Kevin Sorbo or Dean Cain. Oh, one of those. Dean Cain is definitely in one of them. He is Mr. Direct-to-Video. <laughs> oh, no, 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 my mistake. It's it's David Hasselhoff. Whoa! <laughs> That's almost a step up. 
Oh god, I want to see all three of these movies. No, no, the Anaconda four. Quadrology. Or, quadrology. There, no, they're 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 yeah, they're there are two that were actually in theaters. There are two that were direct to video, and then there's uh, this year's Lake Placid versus Anaconda. Oh, I saw that like on starring Robert Netflix. Englund and uh, TV's oh. Witchblade. <laughs> Yancey Butler. Oh, I, yeah, no, Anaconda Three has David Hasselhoff and John Rhys Davies. <gasps> I oh, love John Rhys Davies. John yeah. Rhys Davies is awesome. You, you were named after the snake. Oh. <laughs> I also want to see Superman and Hercules versus a snake. Uh, like, if you could actually make them be their characters from those shows, even better. <laughs> okay, and yet the fourth one does not even have Hasselhoff, but it does ha- still have John Reese davies <laughs> Please tell me that means in the third one the snake does to Hasselhoff what Hasselhoff does to hamburgers when drunk. That is, in fact, what happens. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like he's attacked by baby anacondas and is simultaneously exploded. Wow. <laughs> wow. Anyway, this stupid... Yeah, so anyway, yeah, this snake is going to eat Cheetor, even though snakes hunt by scent, and presumably a snake can tell an actual cheetah from a robot that is most that is partly cheetah and also was on fire like half an hour ago. Well, maybe he smells Oh, like yeah, they cooked. smell better when they're flame-broiled. Yes, I, I suppose. It's a moving thing. He's used to eating jaguars or whatever. Also, he's, what? like, loaded with energon radiation, so that snake is getting cancer. <laughs> oh. I mean, there's the whole thing about how they have, like, the their organic parts are actual organic parts, so maybe they're... Maybe he smells like an actual cheetah. I guess. Yeah. Why is it going for Cheetor and not Rat Trap? Everyone knows snakes love eating rats. Yeah, well, that, that's the confusing thing about this sequence. It gets Cheetor. It completely gets Cheetor. He's trapped. You might as well drag him away. And then it ends up going after Rat Trap and leaving a Cheetor who's had a broke, dislocated shoulder behind who can't even move? What? Yeah, he's... He goes after Rat Trap for revenge because Rat Trap bit him first. Yeah. Yes. Because snakes are known for their interest in revenge. I will say, this snake model, not bad. I like the scales. Yeah, it was impressive. That, that's yeah. why I compared it to Anaconda, because that's the exact quality it is. That's <laughs> yeah, true. It just looks better when it's reacting with, you know, CG robots instead of, you yeah. know, John Voight. Plus, this was, yeah. like, what, more than five years before Anaconda, anyway? It was the same year as Anaconda. Oh, yes. Oh, it was. Oh, maybe wow. In fact, I think, snake. like, the same month as Anaconda. I was watching a lot of giant snake-based media in <laughs> January 1997. Because I saw that movie in the theater. Oh, wow. Oh. At least that explains why the Anaconda and the Anaconda is so bad. But anyway, my favorite part, the only thing I might like about this episode is when the snake attacks Cheetor, Dinobot panics and tries to run away, exit stage right, right into a tree. <laughs> and he gets flattened like a pancake and floats off. Yeah. I loved that, but the... You're trying to get us pathos from Cheetor being crushed to death by a snake, and then you have Dinobot slapstick against a rock. Yeah. Yes. No, that doesn't work. One of the biggest... You don't get to do those. <laughs> Choose one. Stick with the slapstick. It wouldn't work better. And I'm generally not a fan of the Looney Tunes slapstick that would later become a bigger thing on this show in, like, season three. Yeah. I'm, I don't mind slapstick when it's, you know, uh, Rat Trap giving Waspinator a robo-noogie. <laughs> yeah. 
But when also... characters getting flattened or cut into ribbons or spinning around like the Tasmanian devil, <laughs> I'm not into it. Yeah. Also, apparently, Cheetor needs to breathe because he complains that he can't breathe. Yep. He also needs to breathe and sleep. Transformers are weird. Yep. Darn it, Cheetor, stop having so many needs. Yep. Man, if he's the only one who needs to sleep and eat and uh, breathe and everybody else is just wondering what is his problem. What's wrong? With yeah. Him? Like, he's just unconscious for eight hours a night. He's so lazy. Oh. <laughs> 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 anyway, Rhinox catches up with the anaconda and boots him off into the distance where he hits an elephant. Yep. Yeah, or, we, an elephant we don't see, an elephant sound effect. Give me track 23 of 101 Jungle Noises. Yes. yes. Sadly, this does not mean that we're going to be seeing Torka later on. Aww. Poor Torka. Now, do you think he hit an actual elephant, or do you think he hit part of the shipment of uh, kids' toys that was on the Axelon before it crashed? <laughs> <laughs> One might say it was a real Operation Dumbo drop. Uh, why? How can I say I, lo- I love Ray Liotta? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, Tigatron and Optimus Prime have realized that, oh right, there are, f- there are like four other people on this planet who we haven't seen for a while. Where the hell did they go? Yeah, so they they figure out that they're missing. Scorpion and Waspinator also figure out that they're missing. And Waspinator finds them out as they're crossing one of the Inevitably perilous bridges. Another bridge! Stop yeah. that bridges, guys. Scorponok got the chance to be competent for once, though, too. I mean, after he crushed a rock and accidentally had it blow up in his face and made him cough. <laughs> <laughs> you know. He tells Waspinator to go up into the air and scan for energon readings, and it works! <laughs> it's like a giant glowing trail of energon for them to follow. Yay! And at this point, Megatron has also detected this. Uh, well, I guess Tarantulas has detected what appears to be walking Energon. Uh-huh. Which he says super creepy because he's Tarantulas. Yes. And so Megatron decides, well, you know, I've sent my two dumbest warriors out. I better send my third dumbest warrior out to help them. Yes. He doesn't send out Inferno. Nope. Inferno, not in this episode. Nope. Well, a lot of characters are not in this episode. Air Razor is in this episode. No Inferno. No they Air mention Air Razor. Though. They mention yeah. Air Razor. Inferno is nowhere to be seen, though. Black Rat. Yeah. Air Razor's no, voice it's actress. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like an episode written and like after like early episodes. and Yeah, this also like seems like an episode. early, because this is very sort of stock cartoon plot. Yeah, when when they're still at the point where it's all very stock cartoon plot. Yeah, you know, we got we got the episode where everybody must overcome a physical disability. We got the evil twin episode. Yeah. Yeah. I think this one is more of the okay, we want to make an episode on a budget. The only new thing we're going to do is a snake. Yep. Yeah, but they built the jungle. The jungle is different. Or the I mean, swamp, I, I mean. I, I, it's kind of the same. It might be, they might have reused that from uh last episode with the dream sequences. Maybe. Yeah, it's kind of just the jungle from the last episode with a different texture on the ground. Maybe. Yeah. The water does look pretty nice this episode. They did improve the water, yeah. Yeah, we're not quite at the point where we're doing, like, extensive underwater scenes. But there's a bit where, you know, they get, obviously, you know, they're on this bridge, and it's Beast Wars, so they get knocked off the bridge when somebody blows it up. Yay, yep. Waspinator wins the Beast War! And Rat Trap falls off the bridge, even though he was already safely on the other side. <laughs> yep. Yeah. 
And also, Waspinator very adorably declares that they can't see. <laughs> yes. It's a super adorable line. So excited about it. It's pretty great. He's a little more Muppety in this episode with the, with yes. the voice. Yeah. But, but yeah, he, uh, when, when Rhinox walks out of the water after being knocked off the bridge, it just, the water was really, really nice. Mm. It's a lot better than it has been in the past. Yes. Yeah. Especially as they pull back and show it from a distance, it looks super, about as good as you could get in video games until like five years ago. Mm. They're getting there. They yeah. are getting there. Yeah, they, they wash up on shore, they're coughing up water, which I guess also means they inhaled water. Yep. Cheetor is still dying. Yep. He looks so. The rest of he's so pitiful the entire time. Well, you know how cats are with water. I know. Yeah, bad. Poor kitty. I'm wet. I'm sad. Poor kitty. And also, I'm dying of energon poisoning. And I had a snake crush me like ten minutes ago. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Just everything in this episode is just poor, sad Cheetor. Shidor's kind of resigned to it in kind of a pathetic way, while yeah. Dinobots all Klingon warrior. Yeah. I'm not supposed to die like this. This is a crappy death. Yes. Yeah. I can't and, die like this. And Rhinox remembers that uh, Tigatron's not around, so he's got to be Tigatron this time. Yeah. Yeah, he has to go Zen. It's all and, weird. And there's weird Zen music going on, and he's telling everybody to search their feelings because they know it to be true. <laughs> He even gets, like, on his back legs and has his stumpy rhino up in the air. Yeah, what is he even doing? Yoga Buddha pose. I don't know. I don't think rhinos even really have good senses. No, that's that's what struck me about this, is rats have pretty good senses. Cats in general, so presumably cheetahs have (laughs) good senses. Probably velociraptors as well. Yeah. No, it's the rhino who's yeah. like, I can hear all the things. Yeah, it, it kind of would have made more sense if it was Cheetor. He could focus on hearing while because he couldn't get up because he's injured. But he ends oh, up. But he's and, stupid. And, 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 <laughs> he was stupid. Also, but, this is just about the part of the episode where the budget runs out and the sky turns pure white. It, it's foggy and. It, it's supposed to be a fog effect under the waterfall that almost. I can, I can kind of buy it. it. It does mean they have a really limited looking set. They're on a little bank and fog. Uh, Although they're not doing the sound from the waterfall anymore, so I think they're further downstream than that. Yeah, well, waterfall. Yeah. Anyway, despite all being blind and having been recently on fire, uh, they managed to shoot Pterosaur, so, you know, have fun being in this episode, Pterosaur. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> Zatochi like the one blind, line and you got shot. Zatochi <laughs> the blind rhino is directing other blind people how to shoot a flying pterodon. Yep. Uh, you do it with the targeting grids in their heads. Yes. yes, because all their targeting grids are naturally going to match up perfectly. Yes, and their targeting grid is a holodeck, basically. Yeah. And so, yeah, thanks for showing up at the recording session, Doug. <laughs> had, you, had your two pterosaur lines. <laughs> Yes. And shortly after, Waspinator also gets shot and kind of hilariously skips like a stone. Uh, yes. yes. Oh, wait a minute. I got another question. How do eye lasers work when you're blind? Well, presumably they're not using the same 
functionality is actually being able to see. But, but yeah, I mean, when, I'm not sure how eye lasers work in the first place. Yeah, so I can buy this. Maybe. Yeah. But, but when they were going blind, they were complaining about like some other systems are going down. So they, they were complaining about almost all of their other systems going down, which made it awful convenient that their locomotion still worked. Yeah, they, and yeah. yeah. the transformation. And they still, yeah, they yeah. Can still transform and. Not to mention, okay, they get blinded in robot mode. Fine, they're still blind in animal mode, which means a lot more systems went down, which means why the hell are the Dinobots' eye lasers working? It's, oh, God, this is a dumb episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's anyway. not the best. So, yeah, they win, and then everybody collapses, except for Rhinox. Who and- goes and realizes... Oh my god, they must have died because they trans- they must have gone into stasis lock because they transformed and transforming makes it go faster. And then what? They should transform too! Exactly, it's the <laughs> next thing he frickin' does! But he gets the best expression about it though, he's just like, ah! And I did like how happy he was to see Primal, that was kinda nice. That yeah, was that's nice, but oh, oh man. But hey, congratulations, everybody is actually okay. Yep. Although Rattrap's face is inexplicably burned the first time Rhinox sees him coming out of this uh, the CR chamber hmm. until the next time you see him. It's weird. So what, did they shove everyone into the CR chamber for like ten minutes and then pull them out before they were done healing? Just well, like, are they, they taking were... turns putting them in and out so they don't all well, die from energon poisoning? They have... Maybe they have to. They have more than one CR chamber, but don't they only have like two or three? I think they have two, but maybe you can put a guy in stasis lock. And, like, stabilize them? Well, I guess you could maybe wedge everybody else except for Rhinox in one. And also, once they've got... And also, they're not going to be be exposed to any more energon out there in the base because they got their ice cream maker back. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Please see last week's episode, uh, Call of the Wild. (laughs) The ice cream adventure. Yeah. Last week's episode, Call of the Wild, where they got in touch with what they were capable of in beast mode. Yep. Which is totally unlike what happens in this episode. Somehow. <laughs> oh, it's, of of the pairing episodes, this is the worst because it's like similar theme, but so much worse. Like yeah. especially since the last episode wasn't that great. It had some good moments. This this is nothing but oh. Last episode was flawed but had some fun moments, and this episode yeah. is just we t- we would rather talk about Anaconda than talk about <sighs> Yeah. That's right. It wasn't great. It's bad. It's not yeah, great. Yeah, and Ronix is going to go smell some flowers, and Rat Trap just has to love the big lug nut, which, yeah. what is this, an episode of Super Friends? Come on. <laughs> also, Ronix defends it as a good experience for them, because oh, yeah, now no. they know what they're capable of in beast mode. Because we almost <laughs> died. And because yeah. they clearly were using their beast abilities, like, they clearly weren't, because... Yeah, you were using your big, fat good. nose, Rhinox. That was it. Rhinox was being smart, and the rest of them were panicking. <laughs> <laughs> and also, you weren't almost eaten by a snake, Rhinox. Yeah. Or <laughs> was the only one that wasn't almost eaten by a snake. Yeah. I guess the Anaconda want none. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's Dark Voyage. It's... Definitely Maybe the worst enough. episode so far. Skip it. Skip it. Do, do not watch this episode. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you're watching the whole DVD set, you might as well just, you know, get a snack, maybe have a beer. Yeah, this is the one you do. What? This is the one you're willing to fold laundry during or go up and get 
something to drink during. Or... Yeah. yeah, no, you're cooking with this on in the background. Play a little something on your phone, check your tweets. Yeah. It doesn't require your full attention. Maybe really? uh, maybe no, have some fun with it and watch it uh, with a uh, with a blindfold on. <laughs> That's yeah, what you're into. Appreciate the voice acting, although it's, that's just Scott McNeil screaming. I mean, the voice, you know, the voice acting is always good on this show. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're getting a certain baseline level of competence. I mean, you know, even a bad episode of this show has good voice acting and better computer animation than you're seeing basically anywhere in 1997. Yeah. Better actual animation, even if the rendering quality isn't as good than we're in the later computer animated Transformers series yeah. up until like the 2010s. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, up until like no, even maybe beyond twenty. Like I mean, I'd say I'd say Prime had yeah until Prime. Really <laughs> yeah, that's why I said twenty tens because I didn't yeah. want to yeah. lump Prime in with the other two. But. Energon and Cybertron, uh, or even either, any other CG cartoons, it's as good or better until like a few years ago. Yeah, yep, definitely beats that Donkey Kong animated series. Oh, yep. <laughs> oh, I mean the nineties. They're just. And this might be enough that we could devote, like, an entire end-of-the-episode thing to it. But all of the, like, mid-to-late-90s computer-animated shows that popped up in Beast Wars Wake. Yeah. You know, your, your Voltron, the third dimension. Oh. Uh, yeah. It's not uh, great. What else? Uh, vampires. Oh. Uh. Like, if you smushed uh, Power Rangers together with Beast Wars... And then spit in the mixture because that show is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> you know, everybody tried it, and nobody was really good at it except for Mainframe for years. Yeah. Yeah, Mainframe had two hits: the, this and um, reboot. Reboot. reboot sorry. <laughs> and I, I think War Planets did okay. Oh. It got it got two seasons. Yeah, it was okay. It wasn't great. I, I and I think it had a higher mainframe. budget. Somehow, I think they were getting more money from Trendmasters or whoever made War Planets than uh, Beast Wars was getting from Hasbro. Oh, weird. Well, I mean, they had, all like, they had. I mean, yeah. they had, like, full-scale space battles on that show. Yeah, the, the space battles are pretty nice. And like, That's what went on to do Max Steel, didn't they? Oh, yeah. I oh. That show I don't think was quite as successful because they were trying to do, like, realistic-ish humans. Yeah. And... They really should have stuck to, you know, the blue computer people of uh, Reboot. Yeah. Yeah. Out of curiosity, I looked up Samuel Warren Joseph. Uh Uh-huh. This was the last thing he did as a professional writer until this year, where he wrote and directed a movie (laughs) called Window of Opportunity. Oh, yikes. Uh, So this black... Oh, he wrote an episode of Batman the Animated Series? Yep. Oh, hey, that's actually Fear a pretty good episode. That's the one with the, uh, the, where the Scarecrow is, like, betting on sporting events. Oh, oh yeah, that's a really good episode. That is a good Wow, episode. how the hell did this happen? <laughs> Jeez, maybe... Oh. Bad cocaine habit. <laughs> no, no, no. Although, weirdly, his, all, most of his other credits are for, like, episodes of Dennis the Menace. Yeah. Oh. Dennis the Menace, Pawpaws, and one episode of DuckTales. Yes. <laughs> But was it a good episode of DuckTales? <laughs> Master of the Genie. Yeah. I so, don't know. Although apparently this guy is also a playwright. Oh, oh, maybe that's why, but... Man, think Actually, playwright... this would work better as a play than it did as a computer-animated TV show. Yeah. Four characters in search of an axolon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So anyway, I think there's not a whole lot more to say about this. So uh, why don't we talk a little, a little about the other half of the Beast Wars franchise, the toy line. There was a toy line? What? There was. In fact, you might even say this this uh, cartoon was produced solely to sell toys. <gasps> what? They don't no. do that. No, no. I'm, I, I Listen, you can thank Ronald Reagan. Yeah. Oh, say what you will about the man, but uh, we wouldn't have Beast Wars without Ronald Reagan. We wouldn't have Transformers <laughs> no. in general for the most part. I mean, we no. did have the toys probably, but not everything else. Yeah, there should be ads on TV. You know, I've I I actually want to someday in the next ten years or so, I want to write a book about how toy companies inadvertently created a generation's mythology just by trying to sell toys, <laughs> and it will be called Optimus Prime Died for Your Sins. <laughs> but uh, yes, I I like. When I get to a point with a publisher where they will pay me to go to China and cover the, like, crazy Chinese fandom and, and all of that, then I am absolutely doing that. <laughs> Wait, hang on. Beast Wars has something to do with those Transformers toys from the 80s? Yes. It in fact, does, in fact. It, it even said Transformers on the packaging in teensy letters. Oh, yes. Cool. It also said Kenner on the packaging. Yes, that was weird. Yeah, because they... I guess Kenner, and they bought Kenner in, I think, the early 90s. Yeah. Or maybe late 80s. And they sort of transferred all of their big toy brand, or their big boys' toys brands to them. So yeah. So they had, you know, they they did, did they do G.I. Joe? They did do G.I. Joe at the time, yes. Okay, they did G.I. Joe. They didn't do it they originally, did... but Has, Hasbro owned G.I. Joe originally, but they transferred right. that to Kenner, too. Okay, right. And they did, you know, all their 90s licensed stuff, you know, Aliens, Terminator. Nerf. Uh, Nerf. Oh, they did Nerf too. Oh, you're right. They did do Nerf, uh, Jurassic Park, and and yes, the early '90s were a time when two violent R-rated action movies could have children's toy lines. Yes. Are you talking about Terminator and Alien? Yes. I liked the Aliens toys. I mean, I was a teenager at the time, so that and it was on it was on TV edited. Deep, not like a lot. I mean, really, I have no idea why anyone thought that was a great time or idea. I mean, the original, notoriously, the original Alien movie had a toy based on its monster. All right, and wasn't it so terrifying they pulled it from stores? Something like that. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was like a big, like a twelve inch toy. Yeah, and you know, you can still find them. I think they're worth a couple hundred dollars, but. But yeah, they. But that was not a lesson that they seem to have learned. Well, I mean, it seems to have been a lesson they were better off not learning because that toy line was around for ages. I got hit. the I got the impression in the '90s that the aliens and the Terminator stuff and all that that really what it had more to do with than the original movies was just that there was a big tie-in push. And that goes to Dark Horse too, because the aliens oh, yeah. toys had comic pack-ins. And at that point, Dark Horse was really pushing. I mean, that was when I was getting into comics, and I remember the alien stuff and being kind of like, I don't know, man, it says mature readers. I'm only like 13. <laughs> I, I was I was weird and self-policing for a very long time. But you were probably too mature for those comics. Honestly, yeah. And, and I did actually end up getting some. It was like, wow, this is pretty awesome and dark and... 
again, I was, you know, the teenager going to the comic shop with dyed black hair and an Alice in Chains t-shirt. So, uh, but, but yeah, I think those toys probably had more to do with just an overall push to do something with those properties other than just the movies. So it, it was weird, but I don't think it, it's as weird as it would have been if there wasn't also the comic book push at the time with Dark Horse. So, you know, stuff, stuff was transferred over to Kenner, and Kenner, you know, I guess they saw that Generation 2 had not exactly been a big hit, and they were doing something different. And, you know, the difference wasn't just that it was beasts instead of vehicles. You know, there were – the differences between, you know, what you would – you know, what they were releasing in 1993 for Generation 2 and in 1996 for Beast Wars were vast. And there is a transitional period where you had stuff like the Cyberjets, which were – you know, all plastic, and they had ball joints, and each figure had some sort of gimmick. Yeah, and there was some of that with the laser rods, too, where the laser yeah. rods... The laser rods were really the the prototype of what became uh, Beast Wars, where it was less about all the, the solid, clicky, ratchety joints, and more about having the more posable action figures. And, it's, and that... It's almost a direct progression. You can trace laser rods, cyber jets, beast wars. Yes. Yeah. Though at the same time, they were also coming out with stuff that didn't have that sort of design. Oh, yeah. You know, your, your rotor force, your, uh, what were the little Hot Wheels ones called? Oh, yeah. Uh, GoBots. GoBots, yeah. GoBots. Right, GoBots. Right, right. And, uh, yeah, and you had stuff like the, uh, the Dreadwing smoke screen toys, which are still really nice, well-designed, well-constructed toys, but do have a fairly different design philosophy to them. Mm. I've been messing with the uh, the Robots in Disguise version of that toy lately. Uh, that, that, is, that is a super neat set. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. But anyway, yeah, so they were, they were all plastic, and I mean, uh, it probably helps that it's a lot easier to make a posable guy that turns into a cheetah than a posable guy who turns into a car. I mean, obviously it can be done now, but, you know, baby steps. And it's, I mean, having the posable, having the cheat, well, I guess the cheetahs were not generally then posable was part of the problem. Yeah. But they did get to a point where the, the beast modes were also pretty posable. And that's really mm. the great thing about beast modes is that you can do more with them than fly them around going, wee, it's a jet flying or roll them around on your coffee table. Yes. You know, they, they are an action figure as well. It turns from a robot action figure to an animal action figure versus turning from a robot action figure to a toy car. Yes. That is kind of a weird thing the toy line had going for it. Most of the non-mammalian toys seem to have better posability and play value in beast mode. Yeah. You know, all, all those bug legs to move around or wings or, or something. Yeah. yeah. Animals are boring. And also, and going with the organic stylings also meant that you had very intricate sculpts. Yes. Oh yeah, super cool stuff. Yeah, you know your, you know your gorilla was sculpted with fur, and not like flocked or anything, but you know that <laughs> you, know, you had fur and scales and feathers. Oh, he should have been flocked. Oh. And then all those, uh, all those early figures also have like weird interior veiny bits that are kind of gross. Cheetor's gun. Yeah, and also, yep, Cheater's gun, <laughs> Rat Trap has a, an organic brain. Mutant yes. heads. Yeah, oh. And also the mutant heads, which never super caught on. Anything, no. Yeah, and they eventually sort of abandoned. Yeah, I mean, they were supposed to be a thing on the show, where guys would have, like, battle masks. Yeah. 
which is still kind of a thing on Transformers now. That it, It's more that it came back as a thing on Transformers yes. now. Yeah. But often, instead of just a mask, it would be a totally separate head, which made things easier for repaints. So you could have you know, tarantulas and black arachne from the same mold and not change any of the molding, but they could have two totally separate heads because the toy already had two heads. And then yeah. they could look totally different on the show because they yes. just made them totally different on the show anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad they used the mutant head on Waspinator and not the normal-looking head. Yeah, yes. that would have been boring. Well, you've been so much more fun close. this way. So fun. Yeah, and also, uh, in all the Beast Wars toys, I guess as the uh, as had sort of become a thing in Generation 2, to a, a lesser extent, all of the weapons were integrated into the Beast mode. So you didn't have to... You, know, you could have your figures in Beast mode without having a little baggie of guns and shields and fists. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, what an important breakthrough. Oh, yeah. It was really nice, actually. And that, again, you could sort of see with uh, the cyber jets had missiles that at least were on. I mean, they had missile launchers that were their forearms. Right. And with the laser rods, at least their. You could weapons. kind of precariously clip them to the bottom of the car as their tailpipe. <laughs> yes. And then and hope they would you still don't. fall off all the time. And then lose them. Yes. And then Electro just shatters. Oh. <laughs> I have an Electro. I haven't looked at him in a decade. I'm never going to look at him again. Yeah. He's Schrodinger's toy. Uh, exactly. Plastic syndrome. Oh. So yeah, everything's integrated. And I mean, and that sometimes meant that you had, you know, some kind of goofy tail weapons. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I'd rather have a somewhat goofy integrated weapon than a weapon that goes nowhere in the alternate mode. Yes. It's going to get lost, and it's just going to be lost. On the other hand, if you lose Beast Wars weapons, then that's, like, a problem. Well, that's true. Then, you know, somebody docked your Cheetor's tail. <laughs> yes. Poor kitty. And, and that's something that's... Yes. yes. And that's something that's kept on in almost every subsequent Transformers series. Yeah. I mean, it's even... Even if, at the very least, you have to peg them on somewhere, but more often it's like a fender that comes off or a piece of jet thing. Yeah. I liked that alternators kept doing it with the engines and the mufflers and stuff. That was pretty cute. Mm -hmm. So you got these great engine guns. So let's talk about the Beast Wars toys in specific. Yes. So what's, what's everybody's favorite Beast Wars toy? Out of the current season or overall? Uh, we're gonna we're going we're just going pre transmetal here. Oh, yeah. limits. Them. So first two years. Wow, I mean it's for me it. I would have a couple favorites just for various reasons. I mean, of course, I like my Air Razor toy very much, but I would have to say she's not as great as a toy as say Transkeeto, mm-hmm. who was a ridiculous peg warmer. Who had a weird monster head, and I, being sort of a, a robotic purist, was always kind of put off when they had weird monster heads. But he was a really neat toy, and he had those great sort of, like, bell-bottom proportions to his legs, and he had nice colors. He, and he spit he a had, missile. He spit a missile. He had the nice wings. He just... I, I liked that toy a lot, and... It's you can probably still buy them for pocket change. Oh yeah, like, hit up eBay. But He's worth it. I I got one at one point just to serve as a base for a custom because just for the spare ball joints. 
because I could get one super cheap, and he had lots of ball joints. <laughs> but uh, but but yeah, I like Transkito, but I also liked Air Razor had the most significance to me as a toy that was also a character. All right, uh, I think I'm gonna go. Uh, I think my favorite is Inferno. He is. I know, he's sort of, I think in that first season, he's one of the closest to his show model, which is, you know, which was important to me. You know, I don't want to be Mr. I want to be show accurate guy, but it is cool to see something that looks almost exactly like your figure on TV. And he had a blender butt. <laughs> yeah, and he, he does the stuff that he has on TV. He has the missile firing gun. He has the, the giant blender butt abdomen flight thing. Yes. And he's also just a giant cool looking ant. He's, he is. Another thing that they do with Beast Wars is there's a, a lot of translucent plastic used for good effects. Mm-hmm. And Inferno is mostly translucent, but with sort of a solid layer underneath, just to sort of give him that... Le- it, like, it makes him look like a giant bug, and it's really cool. Yeah, he's really nice. The blender butt is just addictive. It's so fun. Anything you just <laughs> click and spin and click and spin. Oh, so good. Uh, yeah, so that is, that is my favorite. Uh, oh. Alex and Dave... Uh, I guess I can go, although I'm tempted to kind of go in a more scattershot method because I don't have... I feel like Season 1 toys were kind of the weakest out of the toy line, but... Yeah. Like, Dinobot, they got so much mileage out of that mold, and his spinny thing is almost as fun as Inferno's, and he's got the sword, too, and he's just armed to the friggin' teeth. Yes. And then uh, I guess I'd give an honorable mention to Cybershark, who was prominently featured in commercials but never wound up on the show, and yeah. had that awesome firing hammerhead. I did hear that they wanted to have him on the show, that they actually wanted to have him instead of Tigatron, but Mainframe said they weren't ready to do that much water yet. I think that's probably for the best. It's yeah. one of those, I think, one of those Larry Dottilio stories, or maybe just an old Toys Transformers. I forget where the story came from, but I did hear that that they did want to have Cybershark on the show, but that they weren't ready for water yet. Mm-hmm. Oh, just imagine if he'd been, like, the zen at one with nature guy, as I am a shark. <laughs> and, he's, and he's doing this in beast mode, where he's just sort of flopping around on land. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It almost seems like you need to have at least two underwater characters at once for it to really work. Yeah. Well, that's I wonder if we'll ever the... get to that. We'll, we'll get there. Ew, we just might. Oh, maybe. <laughs> All right. I like so, the church. I, David, you are up. I never bought any Beast Wars toys. I like the cartoon a lot, but I heresy. Heresy, yeah. So I, I've what? only gotten things later. Like you're failing at capitalism, man. Some some of the trans metal stuff that showed up in was Armada and things. Yeah. Although the, the only I think actual unedited without like remolding original Beast Wars toy I have is uh, a. Well, from Age of Extinction's Strafe, which is just a blue pterosaur. He's cute. Yeah, I mean, that, <laughs> that's, that's, that's... is probably one of the best of the basics. Yeah. 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 He's adorable. Although trying to get his, his head to pop in and out from beast mode is kind of funky. It sticks. Other than that, he's just cute. <laughs> yes. And, and those basics are all, you know, they're all very neat. You know, they're little, they've got a lot of posability, and they've all got some sort of weapon. Yeah. yeah. I should try to track down Razor Claw. Yeah, Razor Claw is neat. He's he got is. two weapons. Uh, yeah. Razor Claw is... He's the crab. There's a fiddler crab? Yes! <laughs> what? Why wasn't he in the show? I love crabs. No, nope. He was well, there, a really fun little an- boy, too. 
There's another crab coming up on the show. Spoilers. Yeah, but he doesn't look as cool as... Oh, he's an adorable little fiddler crab. The VHS color scheme is awesome, too. Yes, I want that. I really, yes. I really like both of his color schemes. I mean, the other one... I we're going to be fighting one. for him on eBay soon, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine that'll be a big fight. No. True. Maybe the Transmetal one, because that was like British, right? No. Huh. Was that I guess the, you can also get a Rockbuster. Yeah. There's always the Japanese version. The VHS version. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's the same thing. Yeah, that'll do. Yeah. But anyway, I'll I'll also put in a word here for uh, the Microverse sets, which I loved and I think nobody else did because they didn't make any more. Yeah. (laughs) They were kind of like little, like, action fleet scale, like, you know, miniature bases. The, the, the... Orca whale and what was he? Right, uh, Orcanock, who was a an orca whale who kind of turned into a maximal base slash sushi platter, <laughs> <laughs> and arachnid, who was a spider who turned into a base that somehow had a, had a volcano in it. You oh. know, as you do. Yeah, but those were both. I really like both of those, and they were they were fun. Yeah. How did they compare to Mighty Max at the time? Um, or Polly Pocket, if that was your inclination. Not my inclination. I did have a bunch of Mighty Max. Uh, well, I can tell you that Beast Wars, the cartoon, was way less messed up than that Mighty Max cartoon. <laughs> uh, that I love that was, Mighty Max cartoon. It was 22 minutes of nightmare fuel every weekday morning. <laughs> so good. I never knew that. I was, I remember again, I was a teenager. Was like a the sets were not as detailed. The, like the Mighty Max, they, they did have a ton of detail, and... I think if they'd kept going with the microverse, they could have perfected it, hmm. as Mighty Max did eventually. Although, and they also went for the the gross out, unlike the the microverse. Hmm. You know, all sorts of you know blood, guts, gross monsters, that sort of thing. Yeah, lots of horror movie elements. I remember having one with a mummy and one with a Frankenstein. Oh yeah, hmm. like packaging a, a figure with a VHS tape. That seems so ridiculous. We didn't have DVDs yet. I know. <laughs> the Clinton administration here. That's like we barely yeah. had the internet. The VHS is going to weigh more than the toy. Well, yeah. yeah. But it's, it, that wasn't unheard of. I know that they packaged a bunch of Dino Riders with uh, VHS tapes. Yeah, oh. I mean, I think at that point they were really trying to sell you a toy that goes with the VHS tape as much as they were trying to give you a VHS tape to go with the toy. Yeah. All right. And I think one final question on the... Uh, on the toy line, we may we may come back to the toy. We'll, we'll probably come back to this later in subsequent seasons when we talk about newer toys. Uh, but you know, Beast Wars was a big toy line. But thanks to the limita- the expensiveness of computer animation, they could only have a fairly limited number of characters per side. Because remember, each character means two character models. Yes. So there were a ton of toys that never saw the uh, the inside of a cathode ray tube. So of the non-show toys. Who did you want to see on the show? Well, I have to uh, find out how it exists. I say Razor Claw. Wow. <laughs> Man. Uh, he could be like Rampage's uh, wacky sidekick. This is, yeah. Yeah, and, and he could at least be on land, unlike some of the, like, Clawjaw would be nice because he's a squid, but they'd have to have water. So, uh, yes. well, if I can't get Razor Claw, how about Spitor? He's a frog. We've had a frog model. That's yeah. true. And I guess Spitor is popular enough that uh, he came back as a Transmetal 2, who also wasn't on the show. Yeah. Me, I'm going to go with Retrax, who is... I mean, a lot of the Beast Wars toys took some liberties with the Beast modes. But Retrax is a pill bug who is bile green 
and has giant razor-sharp mandibles. Big pants. So great. And the antenna, which pillbugs really don't quite have. They kind of have antenna. Not, not like this one with a giant. But he's also got a great gimmick where he actually rolls up into a ball like a pill bug. Yeah. Yes. And in robot mode, he can give you a deadly hug. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so much so that his uh, Japanese counterpart was named Power Hug. <laughs> which is even more amusing if you've ever been on the AllSpark. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's an AllSpark hug. And, you know, Retrax even gets, like, sort of interesting bio-information, where he lives in the in a bunch of cool series, in a series of tunnels under the desert to keep him cool, which are lined with the remains of his enemies. As you do. Retrax is awesome. And also he had a super cool head sculpt that kind of looked like, it's like half Unicron, half gas mask. Also, as a pill bug, because he's got big eyes on one end, so when he is a pill, he's kind of looks like a head. And he's just the right size to put on Fortress Maximus. <laughs> so it, it was especially Power Hug because he was that kind of Captain America colors. So it was actually a, a popular thing at the time to put Retrax or Power Hug on Fortress Maximus as his head. Fortress Hug? Yes. Fortress Retraximus. <laughs> yes. Indeed. And also, he uh, in his like pill mode, he his mandibles and uh, tail spike, which is also a thing that pill bugs don't have, kind of make him look like he has like a droopy mustache and a goatee. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> also, yes. how has nobody ever re- redecoed uh, him as Unicron? Because he kind of turns into a planet. Yeah. Oh, I think there's been fan redecos over oh. the years, but oh. that kind of cut off by getting actual Unicrons. Well, yes. Yes. But not a re- not a unicron who's also a pill bug. There there was a, a time when the botcon art contest was pretty much a gimme to whoever made the best unicron. <laughs> All right, so uh, who's next? You know, I I feel kind of like I I would have to cheat and say just whoever they would make as a female character. So I guess you're waiting a couple seasons for Sonar then. Yeah, yeah. Or I guess McDonald's Manta Ray. Yeah, or McDonald's Manta Ray. Maybe Man Terror. I liked Man Terror a lot, too, even and though he Man- also had that scary monster face. And I guess Man Terror kind of should be a lady. Yeah, because, I mean, otherwise, she's, it would just be this guy waiting to get his head bitten off. He's in a yeah. support with tarantulas. <laughs> it, it would be one of those things like the, the Larry DeTilio story about Black Rachnia, where they were like, so it's Black Widow Spider, so this is a female character, right? And Hasbro was like, uh, okay. I guess so. <laughs> like that, that hadn't occurred to them. So that would be that way with the, with a mantis too. Like, so this is a female character, right? Oh, yeah, I guess. Although, I guess in that case, shouldn't he have been woman terror? Dun, dun, dun. Terror to all men. And also, oh. he, sh- he shot buzzsaws, and that was super cool. Man, I want to get all my Beast Wars stuff out now. <laughs> <laughs> the buzzsaws were great. That That's really one of the, the best parts, is those big buzzsaws he shot out of his claws. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I believe Alex, that's just Lee. Or, wait, no, wait, who's, who has not gone yet? David, have you gone for who you'd want to see on the show? Oh, right. Razor Claw. Right. You want a Razor Claw. I want a crab. So, Alex, you are... Okay. A crab. 
All right, I'm kind of torn between two things. On the one hand, I would love to see, I would love to have seen Polar Claw get the slot opposite Scorponok, because Scorponok was a super awesome toy too, and it would have been nice to see both of them on the show together, and he probably could have slotted into Tigertron's position on the show without much of an issue. Ooh, like, it'd be like, you know, Tigertron, except he, he'd have like a bat sidekick. He'd have a bat sidekick, and the name Blue Man Kuma for his voice actor would be even more apropos. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Although, if I wanted to go with a character who just didn't show up at all instead of changing a character from one toy to another, I gotta go for the total cop out answer and go under three. <laughs> oh, good old the giant lion head that turns into something vaguely looking like Optimus Prime. Yes. Yep. It's the best one. Now, would he turn into, like, an entire lion or just lion head? Just the head. Well, he could turn into, like, a lion head-shaped mountain or something. He'd be like a Zordon. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, a giant floating head that would tell them things. Exactly. Get over there, do that thing. Exactly, I say, is this, though this is completely reasonable. <laughs> Optimus Primal, I need uh, five robot teenagers, <laughs> robot attitudes. <laughs> Well, we got Cheetor, Transmetal Cheetor, Transmetal 2 Cheetor, and then two of the Fox Kids redecos of Cheetor. <laughs> Fine. Now I want to know if they're the appropriate colors for that joke. No, because, like, all of those are yellow. Yeah. Well, hold on. Just a bunch of Trinis. <laughs> but Trini was my favorite. I have bad news. Yeah, I know. Well, no, we had the red-eye version of Cheetor... We had the green-eyed version of Cheetor. <laughs> oh, hey, and there was a white-eyed version of Cheetor in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we just need the one with black eyes, and we're good to go. Yeah. <laughs> have have Rat Trap rough them up a bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that can be arranged. Oh, and apropos of nothing, that is definitely worth your 20 bucks. Yes. Uh, yeah. Just make sure that, does Clawjaw have his weapon? I don't know. I don't see it. He has a weapon. What is his weapon? He has like a little uh, little boomerang. Oh. But it might still be attached to the thing at the back. I can't tell from this angle. Boomerang. Still, though, 20 bucks is 20 bucks. Yeah. Plus shipping, yes. So, so don't watch this episode. Go buy some old Beast Wars toys. That's right. Yeah. Now that we've had a chance to buy the ones we want. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> now by that the time you... Yes, by the time this episode airs, we will have stripped eBay clean. <laughs> Now I, I have to check a... how much Transkeeto is. I gotta get myself a jet storm. Never wow, a jet there's storm. there's a loose Transkeeto for two fifty. That's that's pretty good. But but Jetstorm shows up later. He's a oh he's a dragonfly. Different Jetstorm. Oh. That looks like I get one for nine bucks. Oh, he's got an ugly head. He's got like a predator head. A bunch of them have yeah. predator heads. Transkeeto also has a predator head. Yeah. Are you a bug? You got a predator head. Uh, oh, can't wait till we get to season two toys. Transmetals and fusors. And gold plastic. Oh, I forgot that the Japanese version of Transkeeto was called Big Moss. <laughs> I remember a, a rolling Big Moss gathers <laughs> no stones. Big what? <laughs> Big Moss. Anyway, I think I think we're done talking about uh, Dark Voyage, and we're mostly uh, not talking about Beast War or about uh, Beast War's toys anymore. So, 
Yeah. I think we'll I think we'll call it an evening. That sounds good. But we can do a sign off. Yes. So remember, you can uh, until next time. You can follow us on Twitter at, at @stasispod, on Facebook at uh, facebook.com/stasispod, or on Tumblr at stasispod.tumblr.com. And our RSS feed is hosted on iaconunderground.net. You can also find us on iTunes, where uh, we would greatly appreciate it if you would rate and review us. And if you'd like to, if you'd like to talk to us about uh, your Beast Wars toys or uh, about uh, maybe that time you went blind and had to voyage back to your home base before you died of energon poisoning, uh, maybe write into the Maxim Mailbag at stasispodcast at gmail.com. We'll read your letter on air. So, you know, keep it, keep it PG, guys. <laughs> no, no erotic fanfic. Swear at all. But my erotic fanfic. Seriously, we can only answer the question about whether or not having sex with areas is having like having sex with a bird if you know so many times. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, all toys transformers. That's what my novel is for. <laughs> so join us next time when uh, oh, it's a good one. It's a good possession. Ooh, oh sweet. yes. You want Generation 1 references? We got them. Oh, oh so many, yes. Yeah. And also, it's a super good episode. It is. So, until then, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. I'm possessed. With the urge to buy Beast Wars toys. <laughs> yeah. I've already placed bits on eBay. <laughs> oh, the shipping to Canada so much, though. Understand, dead end is a gigantic pain in the ass. He looks like it. Yeah. I mean, he's cool because he's an ammonite, but he is oh, as shell formery as it is possible to be, oh, in that he is a robot inside a giant shell. Yeah. yeah. Although, wow, I had forgotten how much a dead end looks like a delicious peppermint. Does. <laughs> <laughs> he's the peppermint ammonite. I mean, I guess, I guess the beast, I guess the only Beast Wars Neo toys I have are fairly simple. I just have the, uh, the ones they released as Dinobots over here. I have Stampy. Uh, and I, I remember Stampy. having this whole thing in Ouija about how I wanted Stampy and there were other people who were like, oh, penguins are the best. Penguins are so great. We want penguins. And then Break was a terrible toy and Stampy is actually a pretty good toy. <laughs> oh, that, the Ammonite came with the penguin. Damn it. Actually, oh, that's, that's an uh, interesting question. Might be worth editing. And who is the worst of the season one show character toys? Oh. Oh. Uh, hmm. I. Hmm. I think I'm actually going to say Dinobot. I. I don't really. I. I have um, Dino. Tr- wait, I Dino think Trump his mutant head is the worst mutant head. Oh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
And I, I think they fixed this a little with Dynatron, which you have, but his yeah. shoulder th- assembly does not stay in place at all. Oh, his shoulders are really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, they the, and, those like body halves are swinging all over the place. And I don't like how he has his... I, I was saying nice things about the clear plastic, but his clear plastic belly looks terrible. Oh, the, yeah, that's fair. Weird. Yeah, I still think his gimmick is fun enough that it makes him better than Rat Trap. Oh, yeah, I mean, he's not terrible. Well, I'm, I'm going to like Rat Trap because Rat Trap was my first Beast Wars toy. Okay. <laughs> and I still really like his snap-together gun. Yeah, that's a really cool touch. But, I mean, you know, he's very basic as far as, you know, the basics go. So, yeah, definitely the worst. Although, I think the worst uh, pre-transmetal Beast Wars toy may be Snarl. Yeah, he's not great. And his main problem is that his gimmick sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, they... Oh, what was it? Uh, the Robot Masters version of him that looks like Sonic the Hedgehog? <laughs> oh, that guy. Yeah. Apparently, they fixed that, so he's actually great. You know, you know what toy was not better in its Japanese release? It's Razor Beast. Oh, poor doomed Randy. Poor, poor doomed Randy. <laughs> <laughs> I love looking up YouTube videos of people like opening him up and transforming him for the first time, and it's just—it's a time bomb. Yeah, I ended up looking. I don't know why I was looking at the other. Somebody. I clicked on something because of some other video, and somebody like just got two new toys, well, new old toys, and, and just opened them out of the package. One of them was, I don't remember what was, and it just pans over to this pile of gold lumps. <laughs> oh, yeah, and uh, Drillbit is up there in Worst Toys because he was actually misdesigned. Yeah. Oh, damn it, now I kind of want Break and Stampy because they were in the BotCon comic I read a couple days ago. Yep. Because I got Although, um, 2004 one? Or four, 14, 2014. Yeah. Although I, I do kind of love Drillbit because he he's a, a weevil and you never get weevils. And he looks like a peanut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also his Japanese counterpart is called Drill Nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 